0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is still Miami Hate Week here, and we had to bring on the Pharaoh of Fuckery, a.k.a. the roll cast man himself, Trey Roland from X's and Knowles. And listen, we've had him on several times now. I think he's the most recurring guest we have, and you know what? He's always a good time. So hope you enjoyed today's episode of Locked On Seminoles. Let's ride.
1: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Good morning, good hey. afternoon, good evening. Hey, there he is. <laughs>
2: hey, I'm always amazed by how great that intro is, man. I deserve so much less than that. Being the, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it's self appointed. I don't know if I was if, if I was legitimately elected the pharaoh of fuckery. Um, good alliteration, but I'll take that one, man. I've been called much worse. Very it was nice. a democratic anyway.
1: process. You deserve good, it.
2: Good, absolutely. <laughs> well, then, good. N- no, uh no, no fuckery going on here. As I am the pharaoh. Good to be back, boys. It's I feel like it's been a while, but am I the most recurring guest? Is that what you said? There's no way. Do you guys have a stats and info department think to verify that?
0: It's you, and then I want to say Cam, it's Cam DeBro. Yeah. He's the weak force guy, 247. And then after that, I want to say it's... I think it might be Sam Moore from Listen Up, actually, the third one.
2: Okay, well, good. Just keep inviting me back so I can just continue to assert my dominance over those fucking Jay Browns. But yeah, I'm glad to be back, boys. How you Love doing? It. You guys look very... I, I think the hate of the Miami Hate Week has really really energized both of you guys late on a Wednesday night. you're feeling it now I'm feeling it.
0: oh, oh the it. vibrations are good. It's a good vibration kind of podcast where I now in the stream yard. You know, we got Dave. we got Trey and as all as they as Trey was just saying, it is Miami Hate Week. Basically, we're here <sighs> to discuss all things, basically how Super Wario is basically just dragging the program deeper and deeper and down into the abyss of hell of college football. <laughs> but Trey, before we get into that and, you know, kind of really rub the engine, let's talk about our own team, a team that actually is successful, a team that actually is one win away from bowl eligibility for the first time in several seasons. <sighs> Trey, how do you feel about this team, especially after the buy and especially after the Georgia Tech game?
2: Well, it's a team that is clearly improved from last year and how much it's hard, it's hard to actually say because it feels like the – the biggest impeding like the biggest block that's in this team's way is themselves. And they've in each of their three losses, it's been something completely different that has derailed them against wake forest. It was the offensive line woes having like guys like Robert Scott out the way wake forest came out. NC state it was the offense. It was the wide receivers having some uncharacteristic drops. And then just against Clemson, it was the middle eight. <laughs> the the portion of the game that you knew you had to win, some miscues there, and it totally just bit you in the ass. So you could see even that game against Georgia Tech is a really good kind of explanation of what I'm talking about. That should have been that was a half that Florida State had the potential to be up by 35 to 40 points in the half. 35 to like 42 to zero. Yep. Got in their own way a couple times, two fumbles by Lawrence Tofili, one in the red zone, another one driving. And it's it's a, it's a team right now that hopefully they can realize that potential that they have because it does have the pieces of a very successful football team. It's got explosive playability. It's got some talented guys along the defensive line, particularly with Fabian Lovett. Healthy, the linebackers are much improved. And the integration of those transfer portal wide receivers, man, it's a team that is firing on such a different level than the 2021 team. Now it's time to start banking those wins on the back half of the schedule when you're not facing all those top 25 teams.
1: So go ahead. And I'm glad you said meet your potential because this team, it's kind of been a tale of first four games, then the next three games. We played some better teams. I think that's probably the easiest explanation for what happened. But Trey, we have four games left in the short college football season. What exactly do you need to see this team do for you to feel like it met its potential for the 2022 season? Well, obviously, you know, we'll probably get to we'll
2: probably get to the number of wins that I think are commiserate with a successful season. But what I need to see is consistency. And I thought even though the performance against Georgia Tech was uneven at the beginning, they did what they needed to do. They covered the spread and they beat the dog shit out of a team that they were way better than. And people say, well, they're supposed to do that. Well, there's a lot of stuff we've been supposed to be doing over the past (laughs) three years and we have not done it at all. So it's a step in the right direction. so keep stacking on that progression. You've got an environment against Miami against sounds like you're a big fan of him, Drake. That was a, quite the setup you had of Mario Cristobal. I can't wait to get to wind you up and let you go on him, but I thought that was a wonderful description, but that's a team where the environment is going to have over you know over thirty thousand people in that stadium for like the first time this year. like it's going to be a legitimately hostile environment. So can Florida State play up it to its potential? I want them to be able to stack together complete quarters, complete halves, and complete games. Because right now it's been stunted. So I need to see them rack up that consistency and play, and I and I have all those units play up to the level that we've seen each one of them individually play at throughout the season. So what that means from like a win perspective, that's at least three wins. Uh, In these next four games, because you're favored in pretty much every one of these games, except maybe, I don't know if you're going to be favored in the Syracuse game. I think you should, especially with um, Garrett Schrader's injury. That's another thing you need to stack up these wins when now the injury luck is finally, for the love of God, playing in Florida State's favor. It's been so brutal. Those first seven games that take advantage of the good opportunities that you have. It seems like the Mike Norvell era, whether it was all the stuff that happened with COVID, the Marvin Wilson stuff in the off season, the sorry guys, the Travis Hunter thing. Mm. There were just so many Jacksonville state. There were so many things, so many bad luck things that happened to Mike Norvell during his tenure, a lot out of his control, some in his control. Take advantage of when fortune smiles upon thee and rack up these dubs dominate your rivals and have a great finish to early signing day. But I'm looking for consistent level of play success and at least three wins.
0: I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I said, I think when we had, we we're on Max's show at the like a debrief, like you can see on YouTube, Twitter, his TikTok's actually pretty hilarious. So folks, please go follow those that I haven't seen a complete game since maybe the Duquesne game. Cause the Boston calls, I felt was a very dominant one overall, but there was like a period in the second quarter where, we kept stifled. We were we didn't convert, I think fourth down twice, like inside their own red zone. If I remember correctly, Jordan Travis was like basically pile drive by that. I think Josh DeBerry was the linebacker for that game. Yeah. So to me, that's something I mainly need to see from this team. And also, you're right about injuries. When Syracuse lost Garrett Schrader, but also they lost Gary Williams, their number one cornerback, who also was gonna be all ACC in the team. So this is a team now that quite frankly, it's getting healthier. Fabian Lovett's back. Jared Versus playing at a higher level. Jordan Travis looks perfectly fine now with low, low, the lower leg injury. So it's now that this team should be able to finally play to its potential. It's hopefully just for some reason, and I know you guys talk about Nexus and Knowles a lot. What is the issue with this red zone offense? Because mm-hmm. right now, I think it's basically, I, don't, I think too cute. That's a word that's being overused right now. It's maybe it's just not being as effective, I think, or executing well it might be the main issue.
1: Or is Mike Norvell overthinking himself? Is he outsmarting himself? What's going on here? It's tough. The the main
2: reason, and it's one that it, it's tough for a lot of people to wrap their brain around. Is that this offensive line still is not going to be winning their one-on-one matchups against most of the teams that they play? And it's like it's crazy to say that you get over 200 yards of rushing against Clemson. You just had about 250 versus Georgia Tech. Trey, what are you talking about? They're ripping off chunk runs. The problem is, is what they're doing is they're taking advantages of those light boxes that teams are now starting to play against Florida State. Teams are trying to play with six guys in the box betting on their defensive line to overwhelm the offensive line and trying to stifle a Florida state passing attack that is extremely explosive and dangerous. So you're benefiting from that from the 20 to 20 in the green zone. Unfortunately, when the field gets compressed, you don't really have with some of the deficiencies that you've seen at right tackle with the uneven play of Justin Turnatine. um, uh, the injury issues you've had to like Robert Scott, who's been a little banged up. And then some of the stuff we we saw, Maury Smith didn't really cover himself in glory that last Georgia Tech game. So you don't really have the guys to consistently win those one-on-one matchups. Conversely, I wouldn't say that Mike Norvell has gotten too cute in the red zone based on the the type of competition that he had to play, like the, against the Clemsons, the NC State, some really formidable defenses. I was, and a lot of the the play that's really going to stick out in a lot of people's minds was that wildcat call of Lawrence Tofili. I would like to see Florida State with a healthier offensive line be able to try to run a little bit, not 100% straight up, but a little bit more of a traditional red zone offense against some teams that should be ever, able to overwhelm. I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that against Miami though. Their defensive tackle, Leonard Taylor, is pretty impressive. It's it's a talented, if not deep front. So you might have to see a little bit of hold on to your hold on to your butts, guys. A little bit more red zone weirdness. But to me, that's really it. And it's and the offensive line is killing you in some degree when they can go man on man, but man, your tight ends really suck at blocking. The tight ends really have been one of the most under-talked about poor units on the entire team, especially for how many of them that they have, they're killing you in the running game. So that's why you see Jet Sweep. That's why you see Wyatt Rector. That's why you see DJ Lundy. That's why you see Wildcat. Uh, we'll see if that can change as the level of competition Florida State's facing is going down, though. I hope it
1: does. Yeah, the the red zone offense hasn't been great for a large part of the year. But Drake, please tell our listeners about something that is great.
0: You know what, folks? That's what our friends over at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? So if you want your PS Five on your counter, come by. Oh, it's gone. That won't happen. If you oh no, if... no, you don't want that to happen, Trey. Trust me, you do not want that to happen after dropping five hundred bones on PS Five. But that's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system. What? So more fa- That's half off. That is half. See, even Trey knows how to do security. That's Simpli- incredible. What a
2: deal. How do I it- take advantage
0: of that deal? Oh, easily, 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 Trey. Right now, you are going to go over to simplysafe.com slash URL today. That is their biggest discount of the year at 50% off. That's half off, as Trey was just saying. Off. That's simplysafe.com/lockdowncollege l o c k slash lockdowncollege. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E. Because, folks, as Trey was just saying, there's no safe. Like Simply Safe.
2: That is such a good deal. You guys are yeah. the best, man. You, you listeners are very lucky. That is quite this deal. Um, another thing, too, uh, that isn't as effective, trusted, and verified is the award winning Simply Safe coverage. Another thing that's affecting that red zone efficiency, too, is the kicking woes that you've had. You had a, you had a three to four game stretch where you couldn't kick field goals in the red zone. It's just the one thing that you want when you've got in average to sometimes below average offensive line, dependent on the, um, dependent on the personnel injuries and such, you don't want to make yourself predictable. That's why you see not only in the red zone, but in a lot of those third and short fourth and short situations, those obvious running downs Florida state. One of the better running teams in the entire country is getting their ass kicked consistently. And that's why, so it's just all about, it's just—it's just all about we're—we've we're, come a long way at pretty much every single position group, minus the defensive backs, but we're not there yet. We're still climbing.
1: Yeah, you know who's not climbing though, Drake. Miami oh. is not climbing. Miami couldn't be. <laughs> what a transition. More on the descent. My God, is that team bad? They're led by a terrible coach who couldn't be Kyle Whittingham. Uh, Kyle Whittingham ruined Mario Cristobal's life and career I would argue uh, Miami <laughs> so Trey um, I, I presume you've seen some tape on Miami what in the hell has gone wrong with that offense and team oh, before you talk about
0: the tape were you were we able to get that tape because I live down here in South Florida and majority of the games have been blacked <laughs> out because I've been able to watch them so could you please tell me where I can find this this supposed tape
2: I think you have to go to, like, Screambox or, like, mm-hmm. 2B or something. You have to go on one of those, like, fourth-tier, like, uh, Amazon Prime TV. video. Yeah, exactly. So, or maybe you have to have, like, some sort of Korean fire stick that's, like, jailbroken. But, uh, yeah, I think their last game was on um, ba- Bally something, which I thought was the name of, like, a total Bally Sports, Yeah, Gym. Bally
0: Sports Florida, but that was blocked out.
2: Yeah, but isn't that like a isn't Bally like a Bowflex? It was so it was on like Bowflex or playing a fitness TV. They've evolved.
0: They've evolved. They've evolved. I think they're a gambling company now too. there's good thing. Good things are happening for Bally, even though not Miami.
2: Yeah, no. Well, yeah. So it's to me they just look like a poorly coached team, and it's it's a poorly coached team with a scheme that's really doing the a lot of the talented guys that they have no favors. It's just the quarterback regression under Mario Cristobal. Uh, you, you hate to say it's like a systemic trend, but it seems to be a systemic trend when he's making guys that are showing up in the NFL look like absolute trash. And he did it to a guy He just ruined Tyler Van Dyke's draft stock. So there's got to be something to that. Um, they're they're talented, but they're undisciplined. They really they don't really have any skill guys to speak of. That Restrepo kid might be back this week, but it's. Mm-hmm. It's been a team that's really underperformed even with all those issues against a schedule that is pretty soft, man. Texas A&M is way worse, is way worse than they thought they'd be. The Coastal is a joke. Uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen on Saturday because it's been a while since I can remember a Miami-Florida State, like, like a blowout when the teams are of similar talent level. So it'll it'll be interesting to see, but man, it it could be something if Florida State jumps on these guys early. I I don't really know how how many of these guys are bought into crystal Ball's vision. I mean, it's
0: either that or also with Josh Gass, too, coming from you know University of Michigan, that's also struggling. You see, you're talking about Tyler Van Dyke, who my personal opinion that wouldn't be surprised if you see him hit the transfer portal, you know, sooner than later, and probably go back to Red Lashley over at SMU. So then, my question though is, their wide receivers. They're not—they're not super fast, actually. For instance, over wide receivers from a few years ago. Are you worried about maybe a Xavier Esteppe because he—he did return last week. He's starting this week. You also have Colby Young, Jacoby George, and Romella Brinson. Are you worried about basically how we discuss how the deep the defensive backs for Florida State have struggled all year? Does that bring you any concern that basically this might be the one random game where the wide receivers for Miami can potentially actually go off?
2: Yeah, if Josh Gaddis like actually watches some film and realizes that Florida State sucks all of it in the world. When defending bunch sets, it was pretty stark. We watched on the X's and Knowles uh, on, you can find that on the Knowles 24 uh, seven sports page. We, we watched like Florida state in like yards per play allowed is like something like a top 20, top 25 defense. Yep. However, yards per play allowed when the teams are in bunch formations, they're like 110th nationally. It's like a 90 spot difference. When teams line up in bunch formations, that's against the pass. And they're also in like the, in the one hundreds against the run. And that's all due to miscommunication, which guy should have this guy. And it's plagued. It's plagued the unit the entire year. And it's been a huge hindrance. That's why you've seen Florida state play in a lot of a too high safety shell, taking a guy like Jamie Robinson, whose biggest, who's biggest asset is his versatility in the way that he can play by the line of scrimmage and be that Swiss Army knife and be all over the place and teleport and be a pain in the ass for the offense they've had to put him back there to protect the corners so it's it's really hindered what they've done they cleaned it up a little bit more against Georgia Tech so I, I'm I'm hopeful that you're on what game nine that finally these guys can figure out how to defend a bunch set or make a correct undercall and pass off a receiver to the linebacker. But yeah, if, if anything, it's not so much that I'm worried about the talent level of Miami's wide receivers. I'm just worried about that, that huge big glaring hole that's so large that even a garden variety dumbass like myself am able to see it on film for the love of God, I would hope that Miami's $97 million coaching staff would be able to see this sort of stuff. So there are some glaring holes, but you got to think that Mike Norvell, Adam Fuller, they're going to be good at self scouting. And that that's the one thing that concerns me. And it's the communication issues in the back end making a, a mediocre
1: l- unit look pretty good and having them gain some confidence. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, I want to tie in a question that Drake asked yesterday. Uh, Drake asked if, Miami's defensive line which it's probably the strength of that team they're they're among the top of the country in pressure rate and sack rate uh, we we looked at that yesterday we talked about is that a big concern for this game uh Miami's defensive line has done well throughout the year I looked into it a little bit today I mean if you look at their schedule they haven't played any they played one team with a great offensive line obviously ours isn't great do yeah. you have any concerns about our ability to block that defensive line? Or do you think our, the fact that we've overcome poor pass blocking all year is likely to be a, much ado about nothing? Same story as it's been all year. Overcoming Jordan Travis moving around in the pocket and that kind of thing.
2: Well, his his movement's going to be paramount this game. You saw against Georgia Tech that he really, he basically used his movement to go around the pocket. He didn't really take off too many times. He didn't need to, so I understood. And Jordan Travis is, he's, which is so crazy to think about from last year has become a throw first quarterback. I I wouldn't say that I'm a hundred percent concerned. This is a very good defensive line. It's a very talented defensive line unit, but it's not Clemson. Uh, It's not going to pester you like the wake forest line did. It's certainly not LSU like Florida state has, has, has faced better and has been effective enough to generate chunk plays on offense and through the running game. And I expect that to continue as long as Mike Norvell kind of sticks to some of the offensive game planning principles that he used against LSU and Clemson. Be multiple, multiple formations, motions, things like that, and take advantage of that defensive pressure. Uh, One thing that we pointed out against Georgia Tech on that film review, they ran a lot of trap. They ran a lot of trap with the pulling tight end. If you could take advantage of like a kid like Leonard Warner getting up really upfield, boom, that trap. As long as he's executed effectively, that's a great that's a great counter against it. So I'm glad they showed that on film. But there are going to be multiple negative plays. So what you have to do is you have to minimize the negative plays on yourself. All those pre snap penalties that you saw against Georgia Tech, you got to clean all those up because unfortunately you are going to have a decent amount of second and nines third and 11s, things like that. Miami's defense, particularly the interior is what scares me the most. I didn't think Maury Smith had the greatest game against Georgia tech, both blocking and snapping. So uh, that Leonard Warner, Leonard Taylor is going to get, he is, he is going to get his. However, I think that Miami's defense isn't as complete enough to where there's going to be some holes that we're going to be able to take advantage of. It's just, we got to be able to do it consistently. So am I concerned? Yes just because I think that their strength matches up a little bit with some of our weaknesses in the interior of our offensive line. Do I think it's crippling and would I have it to, would it be big enough factor where we're going to predict Miami to win? No, not right now. I think Florida state can overcome it, but they'll give it, they'll give us some trouble.
0: Yeah, i about to say, I think this Miami team, overall, if you look at it from like a roster competition standpoint, from your friends over, or, or sorry, your employer at 247 Sports, basically, talent wise, that defensive line with Akeem Mesador, Leonard Taylor, Chance Williams, also, you see Corey Flagg, Cameron Kitchens, uh, James Williams. It's a very, very talented team. It just seems that they're all basically just di- discombobulated whenever they're playing around with each other, whether it be offensive side of the ball or defense yeah. side of the ball. And then you actually see overall, we've seen Trayson Ward actually should be available for this game. So, so him coming back and I want Love you to talk him. about him a little bit, cause I know he's, he's probably your favorite player. I'm he's gonna, my guy. And it's not just
2: cause guy? we share oh. like sort of a similar name, but yeah.
0: The <laughs> oh, oh, then you know, not take it away. Tell us about Trashon Ward's importance in this particular game against this particular Miami defense.
2: Well, it's going to be interesting now because as you've seen that as Tracy Ward has left the lineup, there has been, each of these running backs has been very effective and Kevin and Adam really talked about it on this last broadcast, They've all sort of become effective at different parts of the Mike Norvell offensive game plan. Trey Benson has really turned into a very good outside zone running back, which is a play concept that we didn't get to use a lot last year and we have been very effective with over the past couple of weeks. Lawrence Toafili has been a great complement out of the backfield and has, has started to run really hard. And it, Minus the fumble issues, he's been, he's been a bright spot and I think he redeemed himself against Georgia Tech. And Trayshon Ward, my God! If this kid just had a little bit more of that breakaway speed, he could be talked about as one of is as, as like a top ten running back potentially in Florida State history. He doesn't. He doesn't have it, unfortunately. But what he does have is wonderful in line agility, the ability to make great jump cuts in the hole. The vision is absolutely elite. He is a very dynamic and decisive runner, and he runs counter as good as any running back in the country, which has been a huge staple of Mike Norvell's offenses at Florida state. So with him back and I, I, I expect to see like a lot of two back sets, like just having Trish ward in there, there's been some plays where and you've seen Trey Benson. He, he has become more effective as the years gone on, but there have been some plays where there's been some holes available and he either waited a little bit too long, a little bit too patient, wasn't decisive enough got a three yard gain where he could have maybe got a nine to 15 yard gain. And that's, that's what Trayshawn Ward does all day. Not necessarily 80 yard touchdowns, but anything from that, like seven to like 30 range. He is just chunking runs uh, over and over and putting them in the bank, which is nice when you have an offense that has been very explosive, not so much uh, as efficient, putting together long drives, having him there is going to help out a lot. And one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, I don't know if you're going to get to it. Miami secondary kind of sucks at tackling. (laughs) So yeah. having all those running backs available is going to be great. And what's really going to be great is Florida state has some guys at wide receiver. Now that when they catch the ball, they immediately convert into running backs. Guys like Micah Pittman runs his ass off. Johnny Wilson is going to absolutely. Can I, can I say the F word on here? I guess you guys already did. It's going to absolutely honest. fucking obliterate some of these guys in the run game. <laughs> what if you guys want, I know this is not something that you're probably going to get from any other podcast. Take a minute during the broadcast and watch number 14 on the outside blocking people. Absolutely dominates them. Like they become part of the turf. It's going to be amazing to watch. And he's been an extremely physical runner, man. So having that full complement of skill players available, it's, it's going to, it's going to break Miami down attrition wise and just force them to continue to make tough tackle after tough tackle. And it's Florida state's shown that they're very competent at forcing missed tackles, particularly Treshawn Ward and Trey Benson. So it's, they've got some talent in spots on that defense, but it's a tough matchup for them, even with Florida state's less than stellar offensive line.
1: Yeah, we, we've been all right without Sean Ward in the lineup, but we we need him back in the lineup. And, Drake, I think you had something else that you wanted to tell every everybody about that they need.
0: Well, folks, listen, if you're like me, well, if you're watching YouTube, thank you, like, share, subscribe. But if you're on the audio platform, you don't really see me that often. As the president of the Tribunal of Thickness, I'm a bigger guy, right? I'm an attorney. I live in South Florida. I work suits and ties all day. So you know what I have to do? I have a friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is Dr. Created. Dr. Recommended to help you with any embarrassing sweat or any embarrassing order. I don't have the odor, but I know some of y'all out there do. Big fellas, we need to stay dry, we need to stay hydrated, and we need to stay smelling great. So head over to sweatblock.com today. Use promo code on. That's pr- promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at sweatblock.com. Like I said, Dr. Created, Dr. Recommended, and it's also available over on
2: Amazon. Drake's lying. He's a stinky bitch and he knows it. Um, that sounds like another great product. You guys, you guys got some good sponsors, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, we had Nissan on Monday. It was great. Yeah, good. Look at y'all, man. Good stuff. Give dude. us an
1: ultima. I'll take an ultima.
2: Keeping right. us, keeping us safe and keeping us dry. The two tenets of a of a healthy, successful lifestyle. <laughs> you guys are really in just brightening the lives of your viewers and listeners. They they you're really doing them a service, boys. His words.
1: Not mine. Thank yeah, you, God. I
2: say like, his word. I mean, listen, look at
0: Trey here. He's got the back. You see the thing in the background over there? The 247, yeah. the little logo. That looks actually I'm not gonna lie. That's pretty freaking sweet, dude. Wife um, did that. She's very thoughtful. Thank oh, you. Oh hell yeah. Oh yeah. uh, she's uh she's the goat she's the goat and who's not the goat is Mara Cristobal right now. I will call him Warrior <laughs> but that would be giving him a W and he's only on three of those so far. And so far also he only has one power five win for all for his what 81 million dollars so that's 81 million dollars per power five at of this moment trey what exactly do you think is going on down there because they've been you know you know they cast out many ideas like just i don't even know i want to even go that far bring in mark cristobal from oregon they have holes this fan he's coming home he got a homecoming he's had the little thing where this logo hits different but games have been played this team is an entire object mess just coaching staff probably gonna get fired what do you think is the primary issue down there in Miami?
2: It just doesn't look like they're well coached overall. Now, I don't know if that's due to the level of coaching on crystal staff, or if it's due to running a scheme that doesn't really benefit the strengths of the players, but everything just looks out of sorts. They look uncomfortable. They look ineffective. Um, some of the guys play a little soft. They play a little bit tight And it's a shame because there are really good players on that team. You've got kids like Jalen Knighton, Henry Parrish, Tyler Van Dyke, James Williams. My God, every time that, that kid looks like such a physical specimen, Leonard Taylor. And it's just guys that a lot of these kids, Florida State would have chewed off their own arm to get on their team. Like there is talent there. And you know that it's not up to the expectations of the Miami fans right now. A lot of people thought, especially in the conference that they play in in the coastal with that schedule, This wasn't supposed to be a rebuild job. It was supposed to be a nine or 10 win team. So I think that they're a little bit shell shocked. Now the great recruiting that they're having right now is kind of papering it over, but that's, that's been the knock on Mario Cristobal, right? Great recruiter, full of energy. Is he a little, does he meddle a little bit too much with the offense that he's running? Josh Gaddis is taking a whole ton of shit right now, but is it really Josh Gaddis or is it kind of like a Kirk Ferentz at Iowa situation where does the offensive coordinator suck, which he might, or is he being forced to run some concepts that are outdated and some schemes that he would rather not? I don't know. You'd have to ask them but it's, it's very interesting how you can take two guys and Tyler Van Dyke, extremely successful last year, Josh Gaddis, extremely successful at Michigan for whatever reason, they come down to South Florida and they both kind of suck. I mean, you're <laughs> talking about Justin Herbert. It's like all these things, there starts to be a common thread available now. It, that That's just what I see. And it's, will it continue? I don't know. Maybe he'll, he'll recruit well enough with sort of the NIL with sort of like the little (laughs) fucking Scarface, Bernie Madoff guy. Like who's taking those like weirdo (laughs) companies like public that seem to be not a hundred percent above board. Um, Maybe they can buy their way out of it and amass enough talent to where it doesn't matter. That's a possibility. They're recruiting really well. They just got cool. McLean, who I think is the number two player in the entire country. Um, so So maybe it could, but I, at what point will the NIL landscape change? At what point will – and maybe the money will never run out, but what, at what point will people realize that the ROI on some of this NIL stuff isn't, isn't the same as a business investment and get tired of it? I don't know. I, I don't know at what point it's going to take for Miami's disappointment on field to catch up with its recruiting to where it's going to actually start trying – starting to weigh it down. But if that recruiting ever takes a hiccup, then Cristobal is in huge trouble and it starts to turn into like a Scott Frost at Nebraska situation. The prodigal son returns, the guy that you wanted, the guy that kind of based on the stature of your program over the past, like God, since like 2001, 2002, you shouldn't have been able to pull that guy from Morgan, just like Nebraska probably shouldn't have been able to pull Scott Frost from UCF. There were better jobs that he could have taken, right? But they got him and he's your guy, and he's the no doubt A plus splash hire of the offseason. Man, you are in a really weird place if that one doesn't work. Because if Mario Cristobal at Miami doesn't work out,
1: who is going to work out? Yeah, no. That, that was supposed to be their prodigal son. They celebrated that. like, And he
2: still might be. He still might be. I, I thought a lot of the conversation from the fans was a little naive, in my opinion. There's always growing pain switching from staff to staff. It's never just a straight, go from eight wins, put this guy in. Great man, going to tweak it and get to 10. There's always roster rot. There's always guys that are going to remember the ways that they used to do it with rose colored glasses and be like, eh, you know, we had more success doing it this way. So it's never as easy as a, of a transition as fans think, particularly the fans in <laughs> Coral Gables. They have a very interesting outlook on expectations, but I think we can
1: all agree that it has looked so much worse than people thought so far. Yeah, I'm glad you just said that because Trey, the way you have talked about this Miami team today gives me an idea of how you think this game might go. Yeah, a lot of people subscribe to the idea that rivalry games are just necessarily supposed to be close. I don't like talking about this game, but two years ago, it was kind of proven that in this series, that isn't necessarily true. I would like to win 53 to 10. But more importantly, Trey, I want you to tell me how you expect this game to go with this Florida State team, this improved Florida State team against that devolving Miami team. I think that it's going to be tight at the beginning. I do think there is, I, and it's so
2: counterintuitive to what we do on the X's and nulls that it knows 24 seven. We look at all the hard factors, all the, the analytics, the film, we watch the film. We talk about concepts. We, we, you know, we try to stay away from things like momentum, energy and things like that. But it, it, in reality, you're talking about 18 to 22 year old kids, man. Like that's, and we were talking about Florida state playing an inconsistent game. There are very few teams that play college football that play complete games because it's they're not professionals. They're, they're talented but young and inconsistent children that are playing these games. So there will be – the energy will be a factor. So I do expect it to be close early. I think Florida State will find success in some of the early drives that they always had. But there is going to be a lull. I expect it to be close at half. But I do expect the better coaching – the more complete offense and the higher level of execution that Florida state has shown throughout the season to bear itself out over a longer sample size with the more possessions that Florida state has, it's going to give them more uh, opportunities for their better execution and their better coaching that have shown the entire year to, to win out in the end. So I think it, in the end, Florida state kind of pulls away and I feel like they win somewhere from the seven to 10 point range. I think that they, I think that they will cover whatever the Vegas line is. What's that like seven and a half right now. I don't know. Has is that moved uh, up or down?
0: yeah, it opened at eight and a half. I think it went up to nine for like a second and now it's a seven and a half. Last time I checked.
2: Yeah. I, I I feel, I feel pretty confident about a Florida state cover on the road in a rivalry game, which I think is all you can ask for, but I do think it's going to be tight early. However, like you said, like you said, it doesn't have to be that way. If Florida State goes up early, this is not this is not a Miami team that's got a whole bunch of success that they can point to this season as a proof of concept. I don't even know what their most impressive win is of the of the season. I mean, you get you get brained versus Duke. You get absolutely not only do you lose to Middle Tennessee State, former FSU QB Rick Stockstill is basically pissing on your grave before he loses like his next three, like Sunbelt games or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's an absolute, it, there's nothing for them to really fall back on this season where it's like, you know what? We got that dog in us. We can turn, we can flip the switch whenever we want. You haven't done it yet. So it's not like a Miami Florida state game of old. They, this, this current roster under this coaching staff doesn't have a lot of success. That they can fall back on and feel confident. So if you can rip the hope away from them early, who then, then all bets are off man all bets are off and you can start to get those miami fans leaving that stadium early to where it starts to look like more of a traditional miami game and you settle in like i said i expected to be close early i expect florida state to pull away late win by seven to ten but a blowout would not surprise me it really wouldn't
0: no i completely agree with that and it kind of reminds me of i don't know do you remember when uf and um played each other like i think week one i think it was like two or three years ago yes yes i do yeah. And you remember the Michael Irvin, like, almost having a heart attack on stage, like, screaming, like, you, you need to go in there, rip their heart out, like, screaming to a microphone? That was chemically that-
2: induced, in my opinion. In my opinion, <laughs> mm-hmm. there he did have a little bit of help from South Florida's finest of substances. Mm-hmm. But yes, mm-hmm. I, I, how could you not forget that? He... He did not have sweat lock because that man was perspiring.
0: He he was. He was. And that's basically, I think, how we need to have the kind of mentality coming into this game. Because I think you're right about this. Like
2: sweaty Michael Irvin. (laughs) Yeah, no.
0: And mainly to the point where this is a game where you can, where David is saying you should beat them by 20. You should beat them by 30. This is a very, very bad Miami team. Like you said, their best win might be against Virginia Tech, who is probably one of the worst teams in the Coastal. Or you want to look at Virginia. Virginia, who you didn't even score a touchdown against offensively. You mm-hmm. need to go into four overtimes. Virginia with the worst offense in the entire league. First year, head coach Elliott. So to me, this is a game where Mike needs to basically step on their throat, rip their heart out, and eat it in front of them like Michael Irvin was saying that one day. To me, this is a game that basically, it's a statement win if you win this game, and it's a statement if you beat them this badly.
2: Dave, are you expecting a blow? Is that what kind of you're expecting right now? It's weird because yeah. the metrics, the metrics are really showing that this should be a pretty com- complete performance for Florida state. I, I may be, I may be weighing in the rivalry and the energy and the moment, all the soft factors way harder than I should, but you think this is going to be a pretty dominant performance?
1: Yeah. I looked at this today. Miami's among the worst teams in the country in points per play We're among the best teams in the country in points per play. If you add up you got to do a bunch of fancy math to get mm-hmm. like the number of plays they run per game. Multiply that. His out.
0: Wi-Fi have down at work. So you can tell where you got the whole numbers from. Right.
1: So <laughs> their, their point per play margin, you reconcile that with ours based on how many plays both teams run. We should beat them. I think it was by 16 points if you run that math out. So okay. yeah, I mean, just look, I think a convincing win in this game is so important because of that recruiting momentum. Have, they have because of the recruiting momentum we need. We recruit. A lot of the same kids, not that like kids are going to, not that Cormani McLean's going to flip to Florida state suddenly because we beat the hell out of Miami or anything, right. but I think it sends the right message and it gets yes. kids out of my, potentially out of Miami. I don't know, go to Texas A&M and be the best four win team in the country. I would love to see that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a superior football team. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Maybe they play all three of theirs, uh, but I don't think it should matter. I expect a big win. And more importantly, Trey, I only have one more question for you. Okay, well, let us they've all been good so far, so I can't wait for another good one. We have left on our schedule, both Miami and Florida. As you know, I want to beat the hell out of Miami, but my question to you is, would you rather beat the hell out of Miami this year or beat the hell out of Florida this year? no. <sighs> I would, I would rather be
2: personally, as far as like, just hate wise. I it's I, I, for whatever reason, I have more of a hate towards Florida. Uh, I think you need to beat the hell out of Miami more this year because they're a worse team. If that makes any sense. And with, with that Florida game being the last one of the entire year, you would think you would make it the most important from a recruiting perspective, but I don't really know if that's the case anymore with the accelerated. It's, it's, the work's pretty much already done by then anyway. And Florida has shown that they, you know, they can put together some decent performances. And I think that they're a better coach team on the field uh, than Miami is by far. So I think that you need to, I, I think beating the hell out of Florida would be a more impressive win, but I feel like you need to beat the hell out of Miami because it, it would it, it, they are a less impressive team, if that makes sense. It's more, it's more unforgivable to lose to Miami than it is to Florida this year. But man, I think you got a good, I think you got a good, I think you got a good chance to smack them both around, boys.
0: No, I completely agree with that. And actually, before we ended the show, I was like, you know what, we'll probably beat Miami ten points because if you look at everything, I'm once people, well, you know, it's a rivalry game. But after talking to Dave all day, having you on today, I'm jacked up. I'm hype. We're gonna beat Miami by 20, 30 points. You
2: know what? Let's just say it's I didn't up. say don't I didn't say that. We sure. I didn't say that. You're marking <laughs> me down. But yeah, the Van Dyke being out too, man. That injury is that an injury to his is his throwing shoulder or his non-throwing shoulder?
0: Uh, I think it is I think it's just throwing shoulder because I remember he was warming up before the game started, and then apparently just he just didn't couldn't have any zip pass. It going be 20 yards. Which what is do you just think?
2: Oof. What do you think is more detrimental to a quarterback's passing ability—an injury to their throwing shoulder, or having Mario Cristobal as your head coach? <laughs>
1: it's tough to <laughs> say. My God, is that now? A- but
2: poor Tyler's got to deal with both of them.
1: <laughs> like, can you imagine? Yeah, poor
0: free guy. Tyler Van Dyke is what we're trying to tell y'all, folks. But, folks, Trey, thank you so much for coming on here, folks. Absolutely. Got X's, and X's and new and News Super Seven—they're the number one tape breakdown on the FSU beat, hell, all of college football beat. But, Trey. Let the folks know where they can follow you and follow your work and give a shout-out to Kev and Coach A.B. for me, even though Coach A.B. will have you on very soon.
2: Absolutely. Convert the whole Triforce. That'd be nice. Uh, There we go. Yeah, go to Knowles247.com, guys. We've got a ton of uh, awesome coverage. Uh, Myself, Adam, and Kevin got brought on this year to kind of provide the film analysis that we do and some of the other, we, we've been running the instant reactions all year. And of course it's the same great coverage, you know, from them, Brendan Sinone, Chris knee, Zach Blostein, Dane Draper, Brett Nevitt, all those guys. It's the best staff in the biz. They do a wonderful job. So subscribe there. We'll be on the message boards. Uh, the Knowles 24 seven YouTube page is really something that's been taken off. We're really proud of that along with the X's and Knowles, YouTube page, so check us out there if you want to see some really shitty, uh, trying to be try hard funny tweets, but not you can go to that. That Trey underscore Roland 59, don't do it, you'll be completely disappointed. Um, but other than that, man, speaking of great coverage, I appreciate all the shout outs and the chance to plug. But I always love coming on here, man. You guys do a really solid job, and uh, it, it's been cool. Cause I don't know if I was on here since like the beginning, but I feel like I was there as part of the kind of, kind of the first couple of shows as far as like guests. You that were, yeah, you talked you
0: talk me down off the ledge. I'm like, we still allowed 500 yards UNC, but you're like, but we won Drake. <laughs> right.
2: That's good. We could do a little group therapy. Now <laughs> the rest of that season wasn't great, but who knows? Maybe you were more right than I was. Maybe I was a little bit too optimistic, but you guys have been doing a fantastic job, man. So it's been awesome to see you guys grow. And then of course Max is doing his thing as well, man. So it's it's been cool to see you guys, and you 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 both do a great job. So kudos to you, man. You and Dave both, uh, you guys you guys got it together. So you, you're you're locked in here on Locked On. Yeah, yeah.
0: there yeah. it is. There it is. Yeah, Dave, send us home, my guy.
1: Yep. Uh, everybody, if you're listening to this on a podcast form, you don't need to know where to find us because you're already listening to us. But if you don't, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play for the YouTube like this video you should because we had Trey Roland on please subscribe to the channel ding the little bell turn on your notifications it'll let you know when our episodes drop and more importantly leave us comments tell me why I was wrong about everything that I said as you like to do in the comments especially for Miami fans thank you
0: for Trey and Dave this was Drake and we'll see y'all next time on Locked on Seminoles take care everybody
1: (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah!
1: Oh, <laughs> Miami.